We come to the second chapter of the Philippians. If you are, I don't know, elementary and above, junior high and above, you should be able to understand most of the Philippians. If you are in high school, this is a good place to open up, you know, real Bible and start reading. This is one of the best places that you could begin your Christian journey and life. Last week, we looked at first 18 verses in one Sunday to give you an overview. And we talked about Christ was the example for the Philippian church people to follow. Incarnation. His humility. And I warned you about that misnomer given to this epistle, that this is an epistle of joy. If I had to choose, this is an epistle of humility. So that's what we looked at last Sunday. And today, Apostle Paul is going to plan few things for the church. And I will read the section, but I am not going to speak on every single verse. But let me read what he will have to say to the church now. In verse 19, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be in good spirits when I learn of your circumstances. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned about your circumstances. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I evaluate my own circumstances. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself also will be coming shortly. If you read alone, you will find that he will not be sending Timothy. Rather, he will be sending Epaphroditus, another man who came from Philippian church to serve Apostle Paul. But he will send him rather than Timothy. But in the next few weeks, we are going to look at the qualifications of servants of God. And as we came back to this building, and it is a good place, good verses to look at how we could serve God together. But that's not what I am going to talk about today. If you could pray for me anything, um, I know you pray for me, but pray for me so that I will have wisdom to how to divide God's Word, literally. I spend almost a day as I read and study to think about how am I going to break this down. I cannot talk about everything. So actually, last night, late night, as I was finishing up washing dishes, I mean, I rarely do this, but I decided to talk about what was in my own heart. 
So I will talk about Timothy. That was, the, that was a sermon for today. But I will talk about Timothy tomorrow, next Sunday. But what I prepared as an introduction was the very first few words that caught my eyes. You could have just skipped over it and it would still make sense. But look with me, verse 19. He says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus. That's it. And I am going to talk about hope today. Up until now, he talked about his own missionary report in chapter 1. Up until now, he talked about problems of the Philippian church. And for the first time, he is going to talk about upcoming plans. And if you read in Greek text, unlike what we have, but I hope, the very first word that sticks out in the beginning is hope. So it is a, a, actually a striking transition. Suddenly, as you are reading Paul's letter, you will find the word sticking out, and it says, I hope. It's one word. Hope. 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 And the Philippians will wonder, what, what are you hoping for? If you are reading this fast, you will not notice this. But just because we have spent so much time together in past few uh, chapters, couple of chapters, I think in his own situation, to have hope is a testimony to his faith, and he has mental and emotional strength to think about future. I think that's, that's a great thing for us to think about and learn. How do you do? How are you under great stress? When something happens, how do you, how do you react? If you panic, if you get so upset, if those negative emotions take, you, take over, you cannot think. You cannot think about anything but this problem. So Paul is not that. If you are a logical person, like in this situation, you will say to yourself, what is the point of planning? Sending Timothy, sending Epaphroditus, what's the point? I am in the prison, so it is wise to plan things after I get out. So there's no point wasting my time thinking about future. So he's not purely logical person. What if he is half-baked, fatalism or determinism-loving person? That is, you are a religious person, but you do not know God as Father, but you know something about providence and predestination, and you say to yourself, I'm in the prison. It's God's will. So there is no point of trying anything because God has determined me to be in this prison so I should stay. I don't think about future. This is his will for me to be stuck in the prison. So that's all I'm going to do. Paul is not that. 
What about you? Uh, one of those extreme, extremely pessimistic person. Nihilism. Everything is meaningless. So we are all going to die. So what is the point of living? This is a serious question. Everything is meaningless. So why? Why send Timothy? Why do not send him? Send this guy instead. What is the point? So when you think about this, when Paul says, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you guys, I think that is a great statement of faith. That's something that I don't want to skip over. How did he get here? I hope in the Lord. People say this is an epistle of joy, and I've told you many, many times, this is an epistle of joy, rejoice, rejoice, so you rejoice, it doesn't work that way. So if I ask you, if I say to you, be hopeful, hope, as a command, it is, in a certain sense, if I say that, I don't think it works that way. I don't think you could conjure up your hope, squeeze it out and say, well, I have hope. So you have to think about how he could say that. Some of the things that he had to do within his own heart for him to say, I hope in the Lord. Many things we have looked at. I am not going to talk about everything, but few things we have seen from chapter 1. He overcame the fear of death. For to me live is Christ, and to die is gain, he said. So if you are about to be executed, I am pretty sure that will preoccupy my mind. That's all I'm going to think about. You don't know when the knock is going to come. When the knock comes, then that you are, you are led away and you are now going to depart from this world. So before he could hope for anything, he had to overcome the fear of death. And that's why I said chapter 1, verse 21 is the greatest statement in Philippians, in the, in the entire Philippians. So you have to overcome that as a Christian. Another thing that I could say is that he is at peace with God and with himself, with where he is now. He's not angry at God. After all I've done, this is how you treat me. This is your reward for me. You, you put me in a prison. And prison, people say this is a Roman prison, but nobody knows where this is. But let's say Roman prison, this is not his hometown. It's like you being imprisoned in a foreign country. If you read a few verses, in the beginning he said this, as, a, as his greeting. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He wouldn't say that unless he was enjoying some of grace and peace from God. You wouldn't say that as a greeting. So he's at peace with God and at peace with himself because he has seen how his current situation turned out 
for the greater progress of the gospel. So it was an encouraging thing for him to see what was happening in and around him, even though he was in prison. And in verse 16, chapter 1, verse 16, he saw himself in this way. Knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. I'm not a criminal. I am not the most unlucky person, unluckiest person alive. I'm not deserted by God. But he says, I am here because I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. I am going to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ in front of Caesar in front of the tribunal of this, whatever the the judges, I am going to defend the gospel. That's how he saw himself. So he overcame the fear of death, and he was at peace. And this is very important, all of you. Before you can can hope for something, as Christian individual, families, and now as a church, Reformation Church, coming back to this place, you all need to be at peace with God, and peace with yourself. If I could ask you, how and why did you come to this church, you could tell me all kinds of stories. And you could say it is by the providence of God. And I could also, I could guess, safely guess, in many cases, your plans didn't go as you planned. And you came, you settled, so you have to be at peace. With that fact, I remember a few years ago, 2018, that I came. I was sitting right here in the front, right at the corner where Justin is sitting right there. I was tired, frustrated, angry. You know how I came in fear and trembling. And I had my most, my weakest point in my life, spiritually, emotionally, physically. It took some time for me to overcome that, to come to, 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 to peace, come at peace with myself, where I am. You need that. Take your time. That's only after that you could hope in Christ. So, when he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus, prerequisite, is, I believe, peace. Peace, peace. Yes, you could hope for something in your panic mode. You are in a situation and you want, to, you want to get out. So you hope to get out. But think about that. Your hope is so limited to that event, that situation, circumstance. So you will understand that as your peace with God and with yourself, as that peace grows, your hope, the scope of your hope will also grow. It is not going to be just this, my problem. And you need to get out of that problem. But as you grow in your peace with God, you could step back and see, and now you could think about church. Now you could think about the kingdom of God but only if you grow in your peace with God. And do you remember in the, at the end of Philippians chapter 4, what does it say? Let your requests be known to God. And what is going to guard your hearts and minds? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. By peace, you protect yourself. Enemy cannot attack you. And with that barrier of peace, you are going to hope. If you don't have this hope of peace as a protection, there's no time, energy, to hope for anything. I think hope is important. For some people, you do not have time to think about hope. You say that's a luxury. I don't have time for that. I just need to get up and go to work. And things like that. But the fact that you are saying that is because you have some sort of hope. If you've been in a Christian church and if you've been serving, I mean, if you know anybody, if you're just old enough, you know there are people and families. Some things you take those things for granted, but there are people who struggle with the very basic activities of, uh, of just being a human being. You could be invited to a family, everything looks great, you know, in a white stone area, and it's a big mansion. You go in, everything looks good, but inside was a teenager who simply was just crazy. What do you do with that situation? It's another Sunday, but there could be someone sitting in a church, a guy who's thinking about ending the marriage, getting a divorce. You would not know because they would say hi to you, they would stand up in the choir section, they would sing, and they would serve, so you would not know. But you know there are people who are struggling so much. So hope may not seem to you a big of a deal, but for some people, it's life or death. It is. It is the greatest thing. My life was not hard, so I cannot compare it to yours. But I remember a time when you know, I was addicted to the sleeping pill. And it was driving me crazy. And then I understood people, the opioid crisis, things like that. I have opioid crisis. Opium. I mean, people smoke painkillers. So it was not like people were actively seeking for some drugs. But it was painkillers that they took to survive. But now they are hooked and the demise. So, at the time when, when, when things like that, the insomnia and the sleeping pill, as small as it was, it was driving me insane. And I remember at the time, I was just looking for anywhere in the internet and people's stories. I was looking for someone who said, you know, I weaned myself from this. I was just looking for a hope. Someone, is there someone who went through this and, and they said, someone who says, you know, I was able to quit it. That desperate hope. 
So let me just briefly talk about Christian hope generally. Where does that come from? Seed of hope for Christians. Seed of hope is the promises of God. And you make it grow as you pour your water of faith. Your hope does not grow in a vacuum, in a thin air. But for Christians, our hope actually was given to us in many promises of God and His Word. That's where your hope is contained. Or else, you could tell me, I'm asking you, well, where else should I place my hope in? So, in a seed form, God gives you many, many promises. And the best of all is, obviously, it would be Christ, the gospel. But there are so many. So you don't have to think about, where am I going to find hope? I mean, it is the word of God. That's the seed. But that alone will not grow. You have to exercise your faith upon it. So as you put your, pour your water, let's say, faith upon those promises of God, then you will see it grow. It's going to be a slow process. You may not see it right away, but I think that's it. That's how you begin. Romans 4 talks about Abraham that you know. And he, Apostle Paul, talks about him as an example, and he says this, Abraham, in hope, against hope, he believed. What? Believed what? God's promise. So shall your offspring be. So I don't know which one comes first, hope or believing. Because in hope, he believed. I don't think anybody could distinguish that. This comes first, this comes first. But the fact is, in hope, he believed God's promises. And that's a great example. And as a reward, he was counted, that was counted to him as righteousness. He reckoned it to him as righteousness. That's the general Christian hope. And finally, I want to talk about Paul's statement in the Philippian context. General Christian hope is the word of God and you exercise your faith upon it. So I don't have to chase after some kind of hope, trying to find hope. We have it. But if you look at verse 19... If he said, I hope to send Timothy soon to you, then I would not have paused and thought about this verse. But he says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus. We have seen that in almost every stage, every verse, he talks about Christ. Here he does it again. He does not hope to send Timothy, but he hopes to send him, but he hopes in the Lord Jesus. When this is repeated so many times, you lose focus. You say it is another phrase, it is another thing. 
But if you consider this as God's word, every word inspired to speak the mind of God to you, it is very significant that he does not simply say, I hope to send Timothy to you, but he says, I hope in, what does he say? Not Jesus, but curious Lord Jesus. And chapter 2 earlier, he said, Christ, Jesus Christ as what? Every time we confess Jesus Christ as Lord. What is the opposite of the Lord, curious? He is not simply a servant of God, but he is owned by Christ, the doulos of Christ. So when he plans something, he's planning, he's planning future. He wants to send Epaphroditus, not Timothy, yet. But as he is planning future, he's hoping in the Lord Jesus, not Savior Jesus, but Lord Jesus, humbling himself, Paul himself, as his doulos, slave of Christ. I submit to you completely. Everything that I am going to plan, it is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It is not simply, oh, I think it's a good idea to send Epaphroditus. But carefully, prayerfully, he is laying his plans before the Lord. When he mentions the Lord, it is for his kingdom, because he is simply his doulos. So under the direction and under the lordship of the Lord Jesus, for the Lord's kingdom, it is not his kingdom, and it is for the Lord's glory, I hope, in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly. And I was wondering to myself and for you, do we plan anything in that way? Your time is limited. Every day is the gift from God. But how do you plan anything? On a whim, maybe. But Paul, he is planning, but also he hoped in the Lord Jesus to plan. It also asks me, this phrase is asking me and asking you, what do you hope in the Lord Jesus? Whatever your plans are and whatever your hopes are, if you add onto it in the Lord Jesus, you will find yourself actually have to sit down and think about carefully whether this is for his glory or not. But also, where your heart is, where your treasure is. All of your plannings are not for the Lord Jesus. You are living for yourself. That's, that's a simple fact. So I have to ask you this question. What do you hope in the Lord Jesus? Do you hope anything for the Lord Jesus and his kingdom? Second point is, when you place hope in something else or someone else, I've noticed, serious inquiry, I've noticed there's always uncertainty and it is not going to last 
forever. If I'm going to put my hope, and you do, what we all do, it's not a bad thing, let's say in a job or career. It's not a bad thing, but will it last forever? Only thing, when you think about it, only thing that is going to last forever, only thing that is able to save you, only thing that is not going to discard you when they use you up, throw you away, that only thing is actually the person, Jesus Christ, because he died for you. Everything else is sinking sin. Third point is quickly is this. I've noticed that your hope in the Lord Jesus begets future. It's an obvious fact. It's a simple fact. Because Paul is hoping in the Lord, and that's his outlook under the Lordship of Christ for his glory, he's going to send Epaphroditus, and that church business is going to happen because there is someone who is Hoping in the Lord. And if you look at any church, even this church, 10 some years ago, some people got together and they hoped in the Lord to start a church in Queens. That's why we are here. You look at any ministries, any churches, any Christian ministries, missionaries, you look at all of that, you'll find someone, you know, these days people talk about visions or dreams. But someone Hoping in the Lord. And in a very real sense, your hope in the Lord Jesus will beget future. We have in our congregation someone who didn't have children. If they gave up, no children. But hoping in the Lord gives you that reality. When you come to this church, it is my hope that you will hope with me in Christ Jesus for his kingdom. That has to be there. That has to be there before you could give yourself for the kingdom of God. And I have to ask you this. What's there to lose? Seriously. What is there to lose? Tell me. Is there something for you to lose by giving yourself for the cause of the gospel of Christ? What can we lose? Nothing. Only person who ever lost anything is Christ. He's the one who has lost everything up there and came down. So when we try everything, attempt good things, hope in the Lord, that's the greatest thing a mortal human being can do. This is the only thing that is going to last. This is the only thing God is going to reward you. God is not going to reward you because you got into the top school. But when you give yourself for the kingdom of God, for his glory, that's the reward that God is going to give you. And this hope is not going to disappoint, Romans 5, 5 says. In what sense? Let me read you. Hope does not disappoint. What do you mean? All the time our hopes are dashed. We try this, it doesn't work. We attempt this, it doesn't work. So we, we get discouraged so many times. But hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. John MacArthur says this is 
subjectively speaking, because you have love of God in your heart, that you will be secure in his love no matter what happens. I don't think that's what is happening. The language is an adoption language. This is an objective, not subjective, but objective statement of God. When God pours out his love for us through the Holy Spirit, by that he indwells and he adopts us as his children. So no matter what happens, it's not so much I feel it, but we know it to be the true, objectively speaking, that hope will not disappoint because this hope lies in Christ Jesus. So, today we leave it there. And actually, this was my introduction. Can you believe this was introduction and going into Timothy to talk about Timothy's qualifications too much. But I hope and pray that you hope. Hope in the Lord Jesus for his kingdom and for his glory. Again, He's the one who lost everything, not us. We are secure in his love. He will not fail us. Let's pray.